Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Another episode this week of Digger Man Sports. It's your boy Digger Man coming to you live from the A, where we represent those 49ers all the way in the Bay. Before we get started with this episode today of Digger Man Sports, we want to acknowledge all of our service professionals on the front line dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. You guys' fearlessness and commitment has truly been amazing. And I just want to thank you for all of your efforts. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. This episode for this week will mainly focus on my mock draft for the 49ers. For the 49ers. I was thinking to myself, man... The NFL draft is less than a week away, and I have yet to even talk about the 49ers mock draft and where I think they're going to go and if if they're going to be any type of surprise trades or even any type of falling back with their picks to accumulate more, more draft capital. Now, I was looking back historically and trying to understand the strategies of the 49ers and how they picked their selections, particularly the first round, because we have, for whatever reason, always needed a number one true wide receiver year in and year out. For whatever reason... The 49ers, I don't know if they just don't draft well in the first round or maybe they feel like they can pick a savvy veteran up in free agency. But anyway, since 2000, the 49ers have only selected three wide receivers in the first round. That's crazy when that is one of your area needs consistently over the years. Now, they typically select defensive ends. Since 2000, the 49ers have selected six defensive ends in the first round. And the next most position that they select in the first round is linebacker at four and offensive tackle at four. From there, safety three times. Again, wide receiver three times. Cornerback one time, defensive tackle one time, but you get it. So it sounds like the emphasis has been the trenches for the most part, which I I, kind of believe you should uh, go inside out when you're starting an organization and looking for longevity as a staple in the NFL. Now, (laughs) as I look back, I'm like, it's so bizarre. Again, three wide receivers in the first round. And I'm like, who were those three wide receivers? So the first during that time frame was Rashawn Woods in the 2004 draft from Oklahoma State. Didn't pan out to do much in the NFL. Had some pretty good numbers at Oklahoma State. Now, the second one that we selected 
was Michael Crabtree at Texas Tech in 2009. And Crabtree, he balled out. He did pretty well as a receiver for us. The only thing, he was just a true possession receiver. Couldn't really take the top off the defense. But he could run routes really well. And made a huge contribution in our run towards the Super Bowl in 2012. The third and last receiver that we've taken in the first round is A.J. Jenkins. Total bust out of Illinois in the 2012 draft. He only stayed with us a year and we made some type of trade uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, that offseason after that first year. True bust, a true bust. But anyway, outside of that, when you think back, Terrell Owens was the last true bona fide number one wide receiver. And Terrell Owens was even, he was not a first round draft pick. In 1996, he was a third round draft pick out of Tennessee Chattanooga. T.O. T.O. was the man. A Hall of Famer. And again, our last bona fide true number one wide receiver. So I'm hoping that the, the organization does something a little different this year. I know that we've really only had three picks of wide receivers in the first round. One only panning out to do well and make a huge contribution to the organization. But we really got to take a look at where we are as an organization right now. We're so close to going back to the Super Bowl based on our roster. The right selection of a wide receiver, a bona fide number one wide receiver to pair it with Debo Samuel and our tight end George Kittle could be tremendous right now. Huge. And so I'm really hoping that Shanahan and Lynch, they really consider if that person that they deem as the number one, a number one receiver, is available at 13, do we pull the trigger? So... We'll get into that in just a moment. We're going to take a short break. I'll be right back at y'all. All right, I'm back, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into this. Here's my mock draft for the San Francisco 49ers for this year. A little interesting here. So just bear with me. I will tell you that the 49ers will fall out of that 31st pick. And I do believe it's going to happen between one or two teams, either Indianapolis or Miami. Miami, they just had the most picks in the whole entire draft, total of 14. And they actually already have three first-round picks. So why not move up one more time to acquire that 31st pick and have Four first-round picks, and I'll tell you why that's important. With either move, the 49ers 
will have a total of nine picks, which would be great because if they don't make that move, they will be without a second, third, and fourth round pick. With making this move, falling out of the 31st pick, I'm anticipating a first, second, third, three-fifths, a sixth, and two seventh round picks. Okay? All right. With the 13th pick in the first round, I know the 49ers will select Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. With that second pick in the second round, wide receiver Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Third round, they will select Charlie Heck, offensive tackle out of North Carolina. The first of their fifth round picks, they'll select Jadarius Sneed, cornerback out of Louisiana Tech. The second fifth round pick, they will select Kobe Parkinson, tied in out of Stanford. In their last pick out of the fifth round, they'll select Kenny Wilkes, defensive end out of Michigan State. Sixth round, they'll select Khalil Davis, defensive tackle out of Nebraska. Seventh round, they'll select Javelin Gurdy, Gidry, I'm sorry, cornerback out of Utah. In their last seventh round pick, they'll select Jalen Elliott, safety out of Notre Dame. <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. All right. And you heard my selections. Now I'll go around. I'll circle around the wagon. And just give you a little information on why I said those things will happen. First, let's talk about that first pick, Javon Kinlaw. This guy here is a freak of nature. And historically, the 49ers, with their draft picks in the first round, have typically gone in the trenches whether it's an offensive lineman or defensive end. Defensive end is truly a high priority on any team. You got to get pressure on that defensive line to the quarterback. It makes that secondary job a lot easier, creates turnovers, and it puts a lot of pressure on that offense to make first downs consistently. Ken Law, let me tell you, this guy was squatting over 2,000 pounds online. This was a couple of weeks ago. And I was reading this story, and I actually saw the video, and I'm like, get the freak out of here. Stands about 6'5", runs a 5.140, and he's about 265 pounds. They say he's the second coming of Jadavion Clowney, another South Carolina grad. And this kid has all the tools to be a monster in the NFL. I love this pick for the simple fact that I'm a little worried about D Ford at times. Signed a huge contract in the offseason with us. 
And for me, if I'm paying a, if I'm paying a guy a premium a premium position, a hefty amount of money, I expect him to be on the field a little bit more than D Ford. D Ford stays banged up. He's hurt quite a bit, and I need for him to be more of an impact player, not only on third downs. I think with this selection of Ken Law, he could be that type of player that could play multiple downs, get consistent pressure, and again, it, it is an area of need with losing DeForest Buckner. Now, Chase Claypool. Kind of talked about him in a previous podcast. This guy's a beast. He's about 6'4". Runs a 4'4", about 228 pounds. Excellent route runner. And he played in a pro-style system up at Notre Dame. Put up some pretty good numbers. He would fit the bill alongside Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Come on. Come on. Now you got the opportunity... With a big body receiver that can make some some plays or more plays, more opportunity for plays in that red zone. Take away those field goals, let's get some more touchdowns. That's the thought process behind that. That third round, I really see the 49ers taking that offensive tackle for the simple fact that Joe Staley, he's up in age. And there's been some chatter that he may even consider retirement before the season begins. So you got to address that. You got to address that position. And in the event that he does play, that's even more of a plus because you have a great veteran that can kind of show this guy, Charlie Heck, the ropes. Uh, Charlie is a pretty good offensive tackle out of North Carolina. Athletic. He has long arms. Decent height at 6'7", and about 309 pounds. Moved really well at the combine. Showed that he had good uh, footwork, uh, especially when those defensive uh, ends were uh, – he was going against those defensive ends uh, at, at the combine. The next pick, which will be in the fifth – They'll be without a fourth rounder. It's an area of need. And I love this pick, actually. Legereus Sneed out of Louisiana Tech. Good size for a cornerback at six foot even. He weighs about 192 pounds. But one of the things I really like, he runs a 4.3740. So he has the speed. He has the size, made plays, 73 tackles last season, 73. So that's good because he's not afraid to make those, those, those tackles coming up in the run as well as when those guys make the catches, he's tackling them on the spot. Snead also had three interceptions and six uh, pass breakups. The other thing is he played a little bit of special teams. So as a punt returner, that gives you a little more value. 
Cody Parkinson. This guy. I don't know if it's because he went to Stanford. <laughs> you got to throw a Stanford player in. You talk about the 49ers. John Lynch is not going to allow anybody uh, not to be drafted from Stanford on this team. Uh, he has good size at 6'7". Decent speed at 4740. The only knock on on Kobe is he's not a willing blocker. Now we do know that in this offense you have to be a good blocker, a willing blocker at that. Take tremendous pride in it because we're gonna run the rock. Now, Kenny Wilkes, this guy is gonna be the steal of the draft. This guy is going to be the steal of the draft. Defensive end out of Michigan State. Another area of need. Again, we kind of talked about the Ford and what he brings, what he doesn't bring, the inconsistency of staying healthy. This guy is a four-year starter, a walk-on at that. High motor, self-motivated, and a team captain. He's not going to wow you with 40 times and things of that nature. But what he does is bring his A game to the field each and every week. Kenny had 32 tackles, 10 and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles as a senior for Michigan State. Just a hard-nosed player. When I think about him, I think about Justin Smith. <laughs> And remember, when we had Justin Smith, that D-line was physical, and they got out the people. So I really feel like he'll be a great acquisition. Again, an area of need. And it also allows us to, to, to rotate those uh, D-linemen to keep them fresh. Now, the next area of need, this guy, Khalil Davis... That six-round pick I spoke of out of Nebraska, very interesting player. Very interesting. This guy is 6'2", 310 pounds, but get this, ran a 4'8", 40. They said at the Senior Bowl, his footwork, his quickness was off the chart. Stop it. No one could stay in front of this kid. As a senior, he had 44 tackles and eight sacks. Are you kidding me? Eight sacks as a D-lime and a D-tackle? This guy is almost like an Aaron Donald. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> but he has the potential. He has the potential to be good on the line of scrimmage and make those plays. And if you can pressure up the middle... With your D tackle. And again, we don't have to talk about the edges with Bosa, Ford, Kenlaw. We just talked about Kenny Wilkies. Now you're talking about setting your organization up for the next five years to be successful in that D line. If that D line is successful, then your secondary is going to be successful. Let's remember, 
The 49ers were ranked number one in pass defense. Why? It started up front in the trenches with the D-line. That's why I went heavy with backfilling with DeForest Buckner, who we lost to Indianapolis to acquire that 13th pick overall in the first round. And we're looking for salvageable um, guys that we can switch in to rotate in and out. Along with that, you have the possibility of some, some mainstays as starters. Now we're getting to that seventh round with another area of need, and that's cornerback again. A kid out of Utah, Javelin Gidry. This guy has super speed. Notice I put an emphasis on speed. He runs a four a four two nine forty. Played special teams, and he played really well in that zone scheme, which the base of our defense is the cover three. A lot of pluses there. Why did I, why did I mention speed? Kansas City. When you think about it, our defense played well. But that overall speed of Kansas City is what had the secondary backpedaling. So you increase your speed, you get some of these younger guys again, partner with Richard Sherman, who has one year remaining on his contract. Not sure what that looks like in the future for him with us. But getting that information from that savvy veteran can really position us well Again, for the next five years. That's why these picks are so critical. And lastly, just a special teamer. But the last pick, uh, Jalen Elliott, he's had, he will have the opportunity to just develop with the organization. Uh, you know, we just signed, re-signed Jimmy Ward. So we're in pretty good shape. But you add a special teamer, someone who can be developed, and when that next contract comes up, you have an opportunity to have somebody you can plug and play. That's my mock draft for the 49ers. I'm telling you, all of these picks were picks of needs, and I think these guys can be impact players more more than not up front than having to wait on the back end. Most of these guys we can utilize right away and it will allow us to stay in the running for a Super Bowl run consistently. It'll put us in position to be top of our division and we know with the acquisition of some of these teams such as the Arizona Cardinals primarily in our division, the cornerback position and this D-line position is very critical. We're going to have to stay stout up front, get that consistent pressure, and we're going to need those guys to be able to run with these speedy receivers. This draft is predicated on winning the division and winning the Super Bowl. That's my mock draft for the 49ers. 
mock draft 1.0 for this 2020 season. And guess what? I don't care if you don't like it, but it's my opinion. That's what's going to happen. The 49ers historically, again, they do not draft wide receivers in the first round. If they do, I'd be totally surprised. But guess what? We may have time for one more mock draft before the actual draft takes place on Thursday. We'll see. And it's going to be critical again that they address the D-line and cornerbacks and obtain at least one bona fide wide receiver. Remember, we have two coming back that were on injury reserve this year. Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor. So those guys will be ready to rock and roll. And we're looking for some big things with them coming back and putting them in the, in the mix with the uh, offensive scheme. The other thing I did want to mention, tight end play. With the 49ers going after Austin Hooper before he signed with the Cleveland Browns, lets me know there's going to be an emphasis on that run game again. Yes, the run game. Double tight end set. Come on. You can do so much with play action. You can do so much with your tight ends. Pulling. Running those routes underneath. A combination of deep and underneath. You helping Kittle out. Keeping him fresh. This is the perfect mock draft. The 49ers have an opportunity to stay relevant, not only in the division, but in the NFL for the next five years with these selections. Now, it does remain to be seen, but guess what? We can talk about it when it happens. This is Digger Man Sports. Digger Man is with you one more time. I'll be back with you again before the draft starts, or I'll be with you the day of the draft, the night of the draft. Either way, Look forward to hit seeing you guys again. Thanks. We out of here. All right, as you can see, my family and I was extremely excited on that first pick for the 49ers of the 2020 draft. And why not? Uh, you know, that's one of the picks that I anticipated and I selected in my mock draft. And it just makes sense based on the fact that we had just lost to Forrest Buckner and uh, this guy wasn't even expected to be there at this point. Um, but Javon Kinlaw was there. And though we had uh, other needs, uh the defensive tackle, defensive end, uh, wasn't as deep 
in this draft as so we say the uh, shall we say the the wide receivers and and even the cornerbacks the DBs. So uh thought it was a great pick and at this point I'm just like my whole body's just 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 bubbling. Everybody's calling, I'm getting all these texts and man, what's gonna be the next move? What's gonna be the next move? What do you think? Who are you gonna get? And gotta admit I was disappointed when I saw that we moved up and we lost those uh that that pick, that fourth round pick that we had acquired uh for moving back and we also lost some additional picks to go along with that to move up and we selected uh the wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. Um gotta be honest, initially I, I was I was a mixed feelings. I I I'll be honest. Uh, kinda thought it was a good move, but then again I thought about it and I'm just like think we gave up too much when in my mind regardless of if that was the man in in Shanahan and John Lynch's mind that when you look at the overall receiver class in my opinion the drop off couldn't have been much different to the next receiver that you that you were in love with obviously this is the guy they were truly truly in love with and uh they wanted to sign those marriage papers so um Anyway, um, I just think that you could have fell back again um, at that 31st pick. You had several teams that could have moved up. I believe Indianapolis was a team that I initially thought would probably uh, move up. You've already had some dealings with them with the DeForest Buckner uh, trade. Even Miami uh, acquiring an additional first-round pick, which I believe would have been their fourth pick in the first round. And it allows them to utilize a fifth year option on those guys. So, um, you know, and you still would be able to pick pretty early in that second round. So you picked early in the second round, uh, not to mention no other receivers went, uh, in the first round after we selected Brandon Ayuk. Hmm. So, um, not going to cry over spilled milk. However, I do believe, uh, we gave up too much. Um, but Hey, the highlight, was picking up Trent Williams. Now that was the move. Uh, Joe Staley retired and you immediately plug that guy in. That's a power move. And when you're in a position the 49ers are in right now, you have a great opportunity, uh, continue to be relevant, uh, making Super Bowl runs right now. Um, so we, we definitely needed that left tackle uh, position to be filled and filled with someone we could count on. And it does give us an opportunity, uh, even with those guys we selected last year, to gain another year of experience behind another Pro Bowl uh, and, and probably a future Hall of Famer himself in Trent Williams. So uh, kudos to that. Uh, now, with the remaining picks there, um, not as familiar with the offensive tackle, uh, Colton uh, McKivitz. Uh, however, uh, we did get another tackle, so uh, that'll give us another opportunity to uh, continue to strengthen that that old line, and even for the future as well. And then we picked up uh, Charlie Warner, tied in out of Georgia, which I think is going to be a another one of those late round picks that that pans out really well for the 49ers. Uh, due to some things in Georgia, loss of uh, offensive coordinator, and um, the play calling began to get pretty vanilla. So, <laughs> um, 
you know, the, the, the tight end play had diminished pretty much. But one thing uh, that's a plus uh, in this particular pick is with Georgia running the ball so much, that plays into our, our, our strong suit because one thing that we need from our tight ends and really anybody that's on the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers is a willing blocker. So uh, with that piece already pretty much you know established, that's a great thing uh, with, with that selection of Charlie Warner. Uh, Charlie was a, pretty much a good recruit, highly recruited uh, tight end coming out of high school, uh, decent speed. Uh, and hand. So, you know, like I said, I think he'll be a sleeper um, going into this year's uh, NFL season. I think that people uh, will, will, will not be planning for him early on, but I think he's going to really step it up. Uh, I think he has the tools and the skill set to be really effective for the team. So that should help kill out, take a little pressure off him. Uh, and hey, I'm going to go ahead and say since our brass felt so highly uh, about Brandon Ayuk that he's going to step it up and it's going to really open that offense up this upcoming season. Now, our last pick was Juwan Jennings. Uh, really fell off the radar because of his 40 time. Uh, big guy. He's about almost 6'4", uh, 218. Uh, very physical receiver when you look at the tape from Tennessee. Uh the only thing uh, with that speed, uh, he almost ran a 4.840. That's dirt slow. But, hey, uh, looking at the, the game tape, he was a monster. He was breaking tackles. Uh, he had a will to cross that goal line. And he had, I believe, nine touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he's a physical receiver, and that's something that uh, we lack in our receiving core. So uh, we'll see. It remains to be seen how how uh, things pan out. But, you know, we, we have Trent Taylor coming back. Uh, we have Jalen Hurd. So uh, the stable is full. The stable is full of receivers. So now it's just a matter of who's going to perform, who's going to produce, and allow Jimmy to spread that ball around. And, hey, you may have gained a few more seconds in that pocket with Trent. So, hey, the 49ers may have done some some really good things despite the way I may have went about my business of, of choosing the team as far as the uh, the selections for the draft, but we'll see. I know my opinion, draft grades are overrated. You know, no one has touched the field at all, but, you know, this person, this team has an A+, plus, this team has an A. So, the 49ers were ranked uh, – <clears throat> With a grade A. So, you know, again, I don't hold too much stock into it. Nobody's hit the field. Nobody's had any OTAs, no, no, no training. So we'll see. We'll see. But if everything falls into place, um, and, and I will say, since Shanahan and Lynch have uh, been a part of this organization, the overall drafts have really been like, beyond measurable in comparison to the regime before them. So um, I guess I have to believe in them for right now. Um, however, again, I can't say it enough. I, I think I would have done it a little different. Uh, the main thing or reason why 
we didn't address the cornerback position. So hopefully um, they know something I don't know uh, with who we already have um, on the roster. And we'll see how it pans out again. So, again, they were rated an A. Uh, I give them a, a B minus. So, but anyway, that's part of the draft that I want to speak on in reference to the 49ers. And we're going to get some more teams uh, pretty soon. But right now, we're going to take a small break and we'll be back. And we'll talk about a couple of the teams uh, that stood out to me in the NFL 2020 draft. Digger Man Sports. <laughs> 